so often we miss out on things because we're sitting around waiting on something to happen instead of getting up making something happen. Seven seven five five. The power of pursuit, part one. Thank you for joining, brothers of the word, because brother, you need the word. We welcome all of you joining us by television, and those of you joining us online at brothersoftheword.com and Facebook Live. Delighted to have you to tune in and join us, and welcome to today's service. We'd like to share just a little humor. A pastor told his congregation one Sunday, he says, if anyone will give $1,000, you can pick out the next three hymns. And a little old lady in the back raised her hand and said, Pastor, I'll do it. He said, thank you so much. Go ahead and pick out the next three hymns. She looked out over the congregation and said, I'll take him, him, and him. I'd like to share just a little scripture over in the book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 30, 1 Samuel chapter 30, 1 Samuel chapter 30 in the Old Testament, probably within the first 10 books of the Old Testament, you'll see a little book there, 1 and 2 Samuel, we'll look at 1 Samuel chapter 30, and I'd like to just read three verses there, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 8, we'll look at verse 8, and then we'll look at verse 18 and verse 19. And let's read together there in unison. When you get there, say amen. Let's look at verse 8. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. And then verse 18 and 19. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. And I just want to use as a subject the power of pursuit, the power of pursuit. Notice David asked when he and his people had returned and they discovered their city had been burned and their wives and children had been taken captive and after they wept and cried out, David asked God, he sought God and said, shall I pursue them? And God answered him one word. God says, pursue. In other words, God is saying, if you want your stuff back, you better pursue. (laughs) So we're talking about the power of pursuit, the power of pursuit. Pursue means to follow in an attempt to capture, to follow in an attempt to capture. To pursue means to chase something with the goal of obtaining and possessing it, making every effort going after it. That's what pursue means. Mike Murdoch said, he says, you will never possess what you are unwilling to pursue. You'll never possess what you are unwilling to pursue. Shall I pursue? 
And God said, pursue. This idea of pursuing tells us that nothing worthwhile will simply fall on us like ripe cherries off a tree. But no, you have to get up and you have to pursue it. You have to get up and go get it. Everybody say, get up and go get it. You have to get up and go get your healing. You have to get up and go get your financial breakthrough. You have to get up and go get your spouse. You have to get up and go get it. You have to do some things. You have to pursue. There's something powerful about being in pursuit of something. There's something powerful. And so even God instructed David. He said, by all means, pursue. If you want to recover, you pursue. You get up and go get your stuff. Something powerfully happens when we pursue. There's something about pursuing something that is really asking the question, how bad do you really want it? Turn to your name and say, how bad do you really want it? How bad do you really want it? The proof of desire is in pursuit. The proof of desire is in pursuit. So often we miss out on things because we're sitting around waiting on something to happen instead of getting up making something happen. You have to make some things happen in your life. Now there are times where we get supernatural events where God delivers something and just brings it to us. But those are special miracles. Most of the time, you have to be active and you have to be actively pursuing the will of God in your life. And you have to actively be in pursuit. And then powerful things begin to happen in your life when you're in constant pursuit. When you're in constant pursuit. You know, you even have to pursue God. You even have to pursue God. God says that if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. He says, seek me and you'll find me. You have to pursue God. In fact, several years ago, Tommy Tenney, he came out with a best-selling book called God Chasers. And that was the whole premise of that book, that it was time to go after God. It was time to go after God, not merely go to church, but go after God himself, the literal presence of God, where there would be a cry from people's heart. Where they wanted God, nothing else, no other substitute. They wanted God. They didn't want just the things of God. But when you get to the place where you want God and God alone, you want God. And that's a God chaser. And there was a powerful movement that happened years ago called God chasers. God chasers. And that's what it was about, pursuing God, pursuing God. Never lose your pursuit. Never lose your pursuit. Never lose your pursuit of God. The Apostle Paul had this pursuit. In fact, you'll find this pursuit all through the scriptures. Paul said in Philippians 3.12, he says that I follow after. I follow after. And he was saying, I'm following after that to apprehend that which has apprehended me. And so God had gotten a hold of Paul and Paul says, now I'm following after that which has gotten a hold of me. And so he was pursuing his purpose. He was pursuing his life's calling. He was pursuing his destiny. He was pursuing Christ. That was his life's pursuit. And that's why Paul was so unstoppable because he was in a hot pursuit. He was in hot pursuit of something and he allowed nothing to derail his pursuit. What are you in pursuit of? What are you in pursuit of? The psalmist in Psalm 63 verse 8, he said, My soul followeth hard after thee, God. My soul followeth heart after thee. And so you have to pursue God. You have to pursue the promises of God. 
The promises of God don't just fall on you automatically. No, you have to possess the promise. You know, God gave his people the promised land, but they had to go in there and take that land. You know, they had to possess it. There were giants living in that land. It was theirs, but they had to possess it. And you have to possess the promises of God. You have to possess the promises of God. You have to pursue them. You know, I feel so bad whenever I go to the hospital and I see people that are believing God for healing and I walk into their room and they've been watching soap operas all day. <laughs> and, you know, I, I want to say, no, you need to be pursuing. You need to be pursuing God's promises concerning your healing. You need to be digging in that word, finding every healing covenant promise you can and say it and see it and get it in your eyes, get it in your ears. Have it coming out of your mouth. You need to believe it, think on it, meditate on it. You've got to pursue God's promises. If you want to possess them in your life, you have to pursue them. You want a financial breakthrough? Find out what God's word has to say about your financial increase, about your financial provision. You've got to pursue it. You've got to pursue his promises if you ever want to possess them. You have to pursue them. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have to be in hot pursuit. You have to be in hot pursuit. You have to be in hot pursuit. I was in a hospital room not too long ago, maybe about a month ago. A woman was dying. Had Doctors had just given her a few days to live. The television was on the whole time. And I pulled my phone out. I said, look, listen to these scriptures. Cut the TV off. Get God's word going into your eyes and in your ears. Let it become your dominant thought. You're fighting for your life here. You got to pursue healing. You got to pursue your healing. Pursue health. Pursue life. Pursue righteousness. Pursue God. The Bible actually says, pursue those things that are good. Follow after righteousness. You got to be in hot pursuit. You have to be in hot pursuit. You have to pursue God's word. You have to pursue God. How often do we truly pursue with all of our heart? How often are we in hot pursuit of God and his word? You have to be in hot pursuit. Here's a truth that I learned about pursuing and this truth is that more will open up to you than you originally set out for when you make up your mind to pursue something you'll find that more will open up to you than you originally set out for that's a it's a principle it always works opportunities when you're seeking opportunity opportunity begets opportunity Opportunity begets opportunity. And so whenever you're pursuing something, you'll find out that more open up to you than what you originally set out for. Ruth originally set out to go find some food. That was her whole purpose. She was setting out to go work for food. She ended up coming home with a husband. See, once she pursued, she was in pursuit. She was in pursuit. Saul was in pursuit of his father's cattle. And he came home king of Israel. See, whenever you set out to pursue something, more than you originally set out for opens up to you. There's something about when you put yourself in motion, when you're pursuing something, opportunities beget opportunities. Say that with me. Opportunities beget opportunities. Charles Kettering said this. He says, keep on going and the chances are that you will stumble on something. Perhaps when you are least expecting it. I have never heard of anyone stumbling on something sitting down. So there's something about being in active pursuit that opens up opportunities. It opens up blessing. God moves in our pursuit. God moves in our pursuit. He moves in our pursuit. 
And so there's always more that opens up to you than what you originally set out for. I was reading about some of the popular inventions that we have had in history, and many of our great inventions were actually discovered by accident. They were actually not originally intended. These particular inventions were not the original intent of the inventor. They were working on something else, and they stumbled onto these inventions. And so more opens up when you're in pursuit of something, more opens up to you than what you originally set out for you. I was reading about this company that they had created this substance, and it was a, a pliable substance that was to be used to clean wallpaper. That's what they originally invented it for, to be a wallpaper cleaner. It was a clay-type substance, and you know it had chemicals in it to be able to clean wallpaper. Well, the company was about to go bankrupt because the stuff wasn't selling. Come to find out, children were taking the stuff and playing with it. And they were using it for arts and crafts and making all type of Christmas ornaments. And when the company saw that, they quickly took the cleaning agents out of it, added color and perfume, and called it Play-Doh. <laughs> See, that's not what they originally set out for. But because they were pursuing something else, the opportunity opened up. So there's always opportunities in your pursuit. You'll always have opportunities in your pursuit. There was another company not a company, but this was just actually an engineer. It was a naval engineer. He was working on a ship. And so he was on this ship, and he had these springs, and he brought these springs aboard because he was going to use them to try to steady some of the instruments to keep them from tipping over, to sort of balance them off. And so he had these springs. Well, as he was preparing to work with these springs on the instruments, he accidentally knocked one of the springs over. And when he knocked it over, it stood back up, and it kept walking. And some of you figured out the slinky. That's where the slinky came from. They've sold over 300 million slinkies. And it was discovered by accident. It was discovered by accident. He was working on something else. He bumped into an opportunity. So whenever you set out for something, more opportunities open up for you than what you originally set out for you. There was another inventor. He was a scientist, and he was working with some magnetic rays. He was doing some experimentation with some magnetic rays. And he noticed he was getting a funny sensation in his pants. And he heard something sizzling. And, you know, he eventually checked his pocket, and he had a candy bar, and it was melting. And a light bulb went off, and he's the guy that invented the microwave, the microwave. Well, he didn't set out to do that. He was just playing around with these rays, and, and he stumbled on it. And so you'll often find that things will open up to you when you're setting out for something else. There are more opportunities because of your pursuit. Now, there's something about this biblical pursuit that I find all through the Bible that it speaks of a, a tenacity, it speaks of a determination, and you'll find that Throughout different accounts, and we'll try to look at some of them, but these are some of the accounts where I noticed when people pursued Jesus, I noticed a certain tenacity, and I noticed a determination, and I noticed that Jesus highlighted, Jesus highlighted, he highlighted certain people because of their tenacity, because of their determination, because of their pursuit. There was one woman, a Syrophoenician woman, she had a daughter who was possessed, was ill. She came to the disciples. They sent her away. They rejected her. She came to Jesus. Jesus ignored her. Then Jesus told her that she was excluded from this type of blessing. And then finally, Jesus insulted her. But despite all of that, despite being rejected, 
excluded, ignored, and insulted. She kept coming. She kept coming. She kept coming. And I believe that Jesus was doing this. He was allowing this to take place because he wanted to teach a principle. He wanted to show something. I think he wanted to teach his disciples that you're going to face rejection. You're going to face obstacles. Not everything is going to be easy. The door is not always going to open on the first knock. I want to show you guys how to pursue something when you want it bad enough. How not to take no for an answer. And God used this lady He used this woman who was desperate, and she pursued. And finally, Jesus spoke, and he said, Oh, woman, great is your faith, be it unto you, even as you will. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Now, here's a woman who had been told no. Here's a woman who had been sent away. Here's a woman who had been rejected and insulted. But it was something in her pursuit that got God's attention. How bad do you really want it? God notices He notices the measure of your desire because the proof of desire is in your pursuit. How bad do you really want it? How bad do you really want it? What are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to go through? What are you willing to do to show your pursuit? And so there are several accounts. I noticed that when people pursued Jesus, I just noted this tenacity and this determination. You notice that When the woman with the issue of blood was healed, Jesus didn't go to her house and heal her. No, she pursued him. She pursued him. Now, here's three things I noticed about what she did. She believed she would be healed. She said she would be healed. And she acted. She believed it. She said it. And she acted on it. Say it with me. She believed it. She said it. She acted. You got to believe it. You got to say it. And you got to act on it. You got to believe it. You got to believe it in your heart. You got to say it with your mouth and you have to act on it. I found that that truth runs through pretty much everyone who pursued Jesus and received from him. They operated in those three things. They believed it. They said it and they acted on it. You got to believe it. You got to say it and you got to act on it. And you'll see that when they brought the gentleman, the paralytic, when they were letting him down through the roof, you notice the Bible says when Jesus saw when he saw their faith. They were acting. They were acting their faith out. They were acting. They believed it. I believe they said it. Scripture doesn't record that they said it, but I believe they said, hey, Jesus is in town. Take me over there <laughs> and I'm going to be healed. I believe he said it and then they acted on it. Jesus saw their faith. Jesus saw their faith. And throughout each of these accounts, I noticed several things. I'm going to give them to you quick. I'm really out of time, but I'm going to just give you these seven things that I noticed in common in all of these accounts where people pursued Jesus and they got results. These are seven things I sort of noticed that they all had in common. Number one, you have to know exactly what you want. Know exactly what you want. Know exactly what you want. Number two, they put forth continual effort. They put forth continual effort. Number three, they explored possibilities. And they tried some different ways. See, when they couldn't get in through the door, they said, let's go to the roof. They explored possibilities. They tried different ways. Number four, you have to be flexible, be willing to adapt along the way. Be flexible, be willing to adapt along the way. The original plan was not to go through the roof. They thought they would be able to go through the door. But when that option was not available, they were willing to adapt. They were flexible. And so you have to be willing to adapt. You have to be flexible. Number five, look for ideas. Look for ideas. Be resourceful. 
Be creative. When you're in pursuit of something, there's an energy that is stirred up on the inside of you. Ideas begin to come. There's something that happens. There's a power that's turned on when you're in pursuit of something. When you're passionate about something, there's a power. Resources are start being drawn to you. Ideas are start coming to you. And so you have to be open to resources and ideas. You have to be creative. Look for ideas. Look for ideas. Be resourceful. Be creative. These are all things that are part of the power of pursuit. Number six, be willing to take some risk. Be willing to take some risk. And number seven, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. There's something about a persevering persistence that is found in pursuit of those who pursue something and they reach their dream or their goal or they achieve something or they receive something from God. They never quit. They never quit. The power of pursuit. What are you pursuing? What are you pursuing? There are some other accounts I want to take a look at. I just wanted to build a little foundation today and we'll dig into it and look at some other accounts, some very powerful accounts that we find in people who had a passionate pursuit and their lives were changed because they refused to take no for an answer. What are you pursuing in your life? What are you pursuing in your life, the power of pursuit. Those of you watching us by television, I want you to go to brothersoftheword.com. You can watch this message in its entirety, absolutely free of charge. You can also email it to a friend. Thank you so much for joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. You are listening to BrothersOfTheWord.com. This was part one of the series titled The Power of Pursuit by C. Elijah Bronner. This message is number 7755. That's 7755 to listen to over a thousand free messages or to send this message number 7755 to a friend. Go to BrothersOfTheWord.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the word. Oh, brothers of the world.